da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. So you take 2001, A Space Odyssey, you add Brad Pitt, you add a couple of rabid baboons, and an Applebee's on the moon, and you got to add Astra. <laughs> and we're talking about it tonight on the Mad About Movies podcast. Apparently, 6.7 billion miles away was too close to the woods for Richard Barton. He's mm, not here. Yeah. He was pretty nervous about that woods action yeah. in this space movie. If there's even a possibility of woods. Yeah. It's I becoming... think his direct quote was, but what about space woods? And I was like, I don't even think that's a thing, Richard, but yeah, he like, was pretty nervous. Did you see nervous. Return of the Jedi? Yeah, that was like his his nightmare. Like, yeah. he closes his eyes and he sees mm-hmm. the door. Yeah. It's, it's bad. Terrified of Ewoks as well. It's, yeah. a, it's kind of a dual fear thing. So, uh, Richard's not here, but Brian and I... The sci-fi nerds of the show are here to uh, talk at Astra, but Richard Barden's the Brad Pitt nerd of the show, so I'm sad that he has to miss out on this. It's true. We got plenty of his thoughts on Brad and Once mm-hmm. Upon a Time in Hollywood. I had yeah. to edit out about, well, I don't know, 48, 49 minutes of Brad Pitt mm-hmm. Yeah, the compliments m- the m- from him. Yeah, the yeah. more sexual stuff. It was like yeah. just that shirt, him taking off his shirt. Yeah. He, he went on. It was. If you ever get a chance to see Richard's office, it's uh, it's just wallpaper of shirtless Brad Pitt. Yeah, he calls it the pit. Actually, movies. he's mm-hmm. like, "You want to come back yeah. to the pit?" And we're hang out. Like, we're like, no, no man, we don't. we're good. We're, <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> We'd rather do anything else. But well, um, this is an interesting movie to talk about. Um, by the way, shout out VIPs. Um, we talked Pulp Fiction recently in the VIP. It was awesome. I'm still like coming down off that tarantino conversation high that we always get you know you just like talk about bad movies for so long and then you get to see a good one and it's just like you we just start like gushing to each other about them and and it, it's fun so if you want to hear that conversation become a vip and hit that up at about slash vip but shout out to those people and uh we'll be doing more of that later this week with the harry potter conversation we continue mm. that uh this week but um I was talking to our VIPs on our Discord channel, which we just opened up. Yeah. Um, if you want to c- converse with us via Discord, if that's your thing, we just made that a, uh, a feature. Um, we we're talking about Ad Astra on there. And they're asking me my thoughts. Um, you know, one of the VIPs, I think it was Ryan, said, because um, I hadn't seen it. And, they, and the VIPs were asking me my thoughts. And, and I was like, you know what, I'm a little bit nervous about it. You know, given the stakes, given the time of the year it's released, things like that, given the trailers. And um, not only that, but I'm just kind of over these self-isolation space movies Mm. where we're going to sit in space and we're going to ponder our future and past uh, lives and all that. I, I just think this movie comes at maybe a little bit, a year or two past that prime when... Mm-hmm. Uh, those types of movies were coming out and doing very well. But um, so that being said, you know, going into this, I had pretty low expectations. Um, but coming out of it, uh, I really respect what this movie was um, visually, um, kind of as an art piece more than I think like this is an approachable film for most people. I do think it was trying to straddle the, 
2001 Tree of Life thing a little bit too much. Uh, at yeah. times, it couldn't decide whether it wanted to be that or if it wanted to be Alien. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's its biggest fault. But, you know, I think it was visually very well done. I'm not sure the budget on this. Uh, do, you, do you know the budget? I will look it up. Because I'd be interested to see that because this came off like a $250, $300 million movie um, when it came to the spectacle of it all. So if they if they got out of this thing for less than seventy five million, something like that, between fifty and seventy five, yeah. I would be like, count this as a huge win. Mm-hmm. Uh, it only made nineteen million dollars. Dadgum, Downton Abbey, man, just <laughs> I know slayed can't, this past weekend. Can't beat olds, man. I, man, can't beat I just olds. it just comes out of nowhere and it's a thing <laughs> again, and you know it's like Pokemon. Yeah. It just comes around and it's just yeah. it's just never ending. Mm-hmm. The cycle um, of Downton, as yes, I like to call it. Right. Yeah, the budget on this was somewhere, no official numbers yet, but somewhere between 80 and 100. That's a perfect, that's that's what this should have been. Okay, so I, that makes me happy. If, if yeah. I if I would have left and this, like, this is $170 million. Oh, whew, this, yeah, oh, yeah, this yeah, was, yeah. would have been a, yeah. But I think what they got for the budget, this the star power that they got with this movie, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the end of the day, it's not a masterpiece. I don't think it's going to be a best picture winner or anything like that. But um, I was entertained for two hours. You know, it's pretty slow, I will admit. Uh, it gets really slow in the second act, which is not really good. Um, but, you know, overall, I like sci-fi, and this was well-executed sci-fi. So I'm in. What would you think, Brian? Yeah, it's a – I don't – I don't know why I was so apprehensive about this going in. Brad Pitt's I, too handsome. That's why yeah, I put wow. it out there. It's like, <laughs> handsome, clearly, people clearly that handsome shouldn't stink. be in space. Clooney was the exception <laughs> for gravity. It's like, dude, Clooney, you're, you're really handsome, but we're going to let this slide. It's but an interesting take. Is, what about the guy? just something weird. He was, I don't, he was, he was Neil Armstrong. Man. I know, no one more but attractive he's not, guys. he's like ugly attractive though. Like Brad Pitt <laughs> is like objectively Everybody is attracted to Brad Pitt, so it's like <laughs> you don't yeah. see like I don't know that I'm just, I'm joking obviously, but like that was just like the first thing. It's like why why does this feel off? Is yeah. it because Brad Pitt's too attractive for space? <laughs> like, I actually had that it's thought. Like it's a good theory. Weird. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Like I don't. I mean, I love Brad Pitt. I don't love him as much as Richard does, but that's fine. Uh, no one. No one does. And. I love sci-fi. I, I, I love uh, I love science <laughs> stuff and space and and all those things. Um, and and every time I watched this, the trailers for this, I was just like, mm, oh, I don't know. It just looks really dull. Get pushed back too. Yeah, that's that's true. That that never that never makes me feel great when that when that sort of thing happens. Um, but. I think it was because I you you hit it spot on, and it the the movie is this it it is kind of stuck between, uh, yeah. You what do you say, Alien and and two thousand and one that kind of thing. Yeah, I yeah. mean it is. It's Tree of Life. Yeah, there's a lot of tree, and I wonder if I would have gotten the Tree of Life vibes if Brad Pitt wasn't in the movie. You know, if it was something. I saw that pro- going in. I saw that. Sure. Oh yeah. That in the some of the some of the. Uh, word of mouth going yeah, in was like right this this is really tree of life like mm-hmm. in space which well, you can tell tree of life is kind of in space so it's kind right. of weird to say that right well 
But yeah, I mean, you can tell from the trailers, it's not nearly be... as artsy as Tree of Life, though. I don't want to oh, put it. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Not no. that, but I'm talking about like uh, just when you're talking about like a, uh, I don't know, a existential movie. Yes, more than it like is. A, yeah, yes, it is very. This movie is very. It, I, my, I think that was my fear going in that it was going to be all existentialism and no plot and no uh, <laughs> no movement, you know, and. It wasn't. It wasn't that. I, I, I really, I liked, I liked a lot of the plotting and the uh, the settings that that Brad Pitt goes through, and uh, I thought that stuff was really good. And the existential stuff for about the first hour, hour fifteen, I was like, it's fine. I'm okay with it. It's not. It's not killing me yet. Um, there's a there's a certain section towards the the back. Third, I would say of the movie where I was like, okay, I gotta, we gotta get on with this. This is kind of, this is kind of whipping me, and that stuff started to drag me down. But uh, for the first, I'll tell you, for the first hour, I loved this movie. I was like, hundred yeah. percent in, a plus plus. I, I'm just, I'm enamored with this. And then the second hour, a, a bit less so. I, thank God it was only two hours. I, I doesn't this seem like the type of movie that would have been three and a half hours long? Like that we just be it like, wanted oh, to please. be. It wanted yeah, to be. it totally yeah. did. So I, it was I gave, probably a cut of this. That's yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, the director's cut is unwatchable for sure. But oh. but I give I give uh, was James Gray. I give him I give him a lot of credit for cramming in a three hour story into a two hour movie. Just from from podcasters everywhere, I say thank you for not making this three hours and. And not never quite feeling there's I mean it's a little um, short in spots to make that happen right to get it into the two hour time frame it's a, it's a little rushed in a couple of spots but for the most part it's paced really well and it, and it goes so I I have a hard time saying I enjoyed the movie because there were there were decent swaths of it that I was like I do not enjoy this this is too existential and I don't care uh, too but, reflective too yeah sad. too reflective I, I didn't love the the voiceover narration that's it, a, it was fine with me but i wish it would have been more consistent does that make sense yeah like, no i yes i wish it would have been like 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 maybe him looking back mm-hmm. and not like in the moment does that make sense because it felt no, like, totally like the voiceover always matched the emotion of the scene and i don't like that i don't like yeah. where he was like sad in a thing he's like Mm-hmm. I didn't know if I was gonna get out. Yes, one of those things. Yeah. I just couldn't. It's a lot of, like a lot of no. Quiet it needs to be like too. more yeah. straightforward and more. I don't know. I don't know. How, it I wasn't think if you're done gonna right. do. I like the idea. But I agree. It, it needs to be done like the Martian did it with the yeah. with the Matt Damon vlog sure. thing. You know, and it, and if you're gonna do voiceover narration, I think you do have to do it more uh, consistently because there's long stretches where that didn't happen. Yeah. And then when it did pop into back back into voiceover, I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Oh, right. I forgot we started the movie like that. And and you're right. The whisper thing is just like, I don't know. That that didn't seem like... It's not... A, I've definitely seen far, far worse voiceover narration like that. Far worse. Just this year, I'm sure. We've seen it a dozen times. But... It it was a little off putting, especially kind of jumping in and out of it. But I don't know. It's it. I feel like this is going to be a movie, Kent, that at least for me, where I'm going to say I'm going to kind of talk more about the negative stuff, and then I'm going to give it a pretty good grade because it, oh, it yeah. feels no, like a movie one... that's close to a great movie, and it's not that. But and because of yeah. that, like I tend to think of like, gosh, I I just wish this had been a little tighter. I wish this had been done a little bit better. I wish this section could have been a little different rather than being like, Hey, this was fun. And 
it, there were explosions. That was, you know what I mean? It's, it's, I don't know. It, it's a, it, this feels like one that, that could have been better than it is. And yet I, I think it's a, a, a very solid movie featuring a movie star giving a good performance. Yeah, he really went for it in this, man. He did. And that, and that was really good Brad to see, Gray, man. man. Uh, he He's having a great year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was like thinking he'd for sure get nominated for a supporting role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And then I saw this and it's like, is he going to be nominated for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor this year? Like it, it happened. We recently talked about it on the on the pod with Jamie Foxx. He was nominated for Ray and for Collateral in the same year. Yeah. Um, but... Man, yeah, this is a movie that I definitely see myself revisiting a lot. Um, mm. It's one that has got cult classic written all over it. Um, it's it's this year's Annihilation, <laughs> um, where it has the spectacle down, it has some action down, but it has like this overarching theme or uh, not theme. It's not the right word. Uh, this overarching. Um, questioning itself the entire time does that make sense uh yeah sure it's 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 self-reflective and you know i'm kind of over like i said i'm over that i've I've had enough of it with interstellar and then with gravity and with this i'm just tired yeah. of people alone thinking about their kids and being sad <laughs> about their dad and yeah i i understand I, the motivation for this but to me this this would have been just as entertaining if not more entertaining if it was Oh, hey Brad Pitt, you're a great astronaut. We gotta, you gotta go to this thing and stop this thing from destroying the Earth. Okay, mm-hmm. sounds great. Instead yeah. of like, by the way, your dad's there and he abandoned <laughs> you, and your wife just yeah. left you, and right. all that stuff just buttered on top of this. And you gotta give it, I guess, him a reason to for this to be an emotional movie, not just an action movie. But yeah, I feel like the vacuum of space is enough to draw that out of people i'm kind of i'm kind of with you i i dig the idea of uh isolation in space i think that's i'm not done with that necessarily but i do get kind of beaten with the interstellar hand i love interstellar i know you don't but interstellar handled the i miss my kids i'm missing my kids growing up thing while i'm out here trying to save the earth really really well there's parts of that 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 work less well and are too weird and whatever. Uh, this isn't an interstellar review, but but that stuff I think works really well. And in this, it's like you can tell what they're going for for sure. And giving you those voiceovers and then bringing in his dad into it and stuff is there to to highlight how um, he's trying to be different from his dad. He's trying to be better. He's this sort of almost robot. He's trying to make himself be the robotic person, the robotic astronaut that his dad sort of was and you know very mission centric and all that. and so like all that stuff the highlighting of that is it i get it i understand why we're doing it but there's a at a certain point i was like i've seen this done better a lot of times and i don't i don't really need to to revisit it i'm kind of, i'm kind of with you i think if you just i don't know that i need yeah. all the, the unless you have something new to say don't say anything and, yeah, right and just just do the i don't the idea that like hey there's I, I don't know if this is, this is not spoilers because the, the idea that it's like, well, there's a out near Neptune, there's some ship or space station or extraterrestrial being or whatever that's shooting blasts of energy at the earth and it's going to destroy the earth. We need you to go stop it. And it's going to take 
three stops along the way to get there because Neptune is a really long way away and you're our best astronaut. You ready to go? Yeah, I'm super, super in on that. Um, all of the, and that's when I remembered my dad used to beat me. Even this that movie, kind of the thing, fact it's that it's like, called Bad okay, Astra go. and it's just like, it's a bad, bad title. I, I like texted you guys so up here. trying yeah. to be like something so <laughs> smart yeah. and. Yeah, and that, that's got to, I mean, it. I think this movie did well financially. I would have been, if the studio was expecting much more than $20 million or $19 million, I think they were really miscalculated. I think they should have been expecting more. I saw this movie, I, this movie was crammed in my face for a year, it feels like. I saw this yeah. movie on every corner, every trailer, every movie we saw, I feel like I saw this trailer. But with just the, like Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt. <laughs> yes, no, that's like the thing, yeah. They're expecting this thing to beat Downton Abbey. I freaking guarantee you that, you know? I think that's probably true, but I also would, I would guess that if you got, again, the truth serum bit, they would have said, we're going to beat Downton Abbey, but Downton Abbey's going to be about 20, and we're going to be about 23. It's going to be right in mm-hmm. that, that range. So I think they did fine box office-wise, because of Brad Pitt, because despite the fact that we don't really live in movie star world anymore, um, Brad Pitt still qualifies. And I think if you make this movie with Ryan Gosling, who I love more than anyone in the world, except for like my child and, and Dirk Nowitzki, um, this makes like $8 million. I think it's just, it's Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt gets butts in the seats. And so that helps. But the title is pretty pretentious and when you combine that i didn't know what ad astra means i don't know if that makes me a dummy or if lots of people are like oh yeah i had no clue what <laughs> that that meant to the stars i asked you guys off the air I was like what does the title of this movie even mean so i don't know again maybe i'm an idiot but um i had no clue i think it's a pretty pretentious title and the trailer beyond brad pitt is so existentially terrence malicky type stuff and i i don't know i don't think that that I don't think that was going to sell real well one way or the other. It mm-hmm. seems to me, I'm always for high-minded science fiction, especially like high concept and, and be really smart and do That's great. I'm totally for it. I think this is an example of one that's, that you kind of want to be like, um, if you just rename this movie, like Brad Pitt space movie or Brad Pitt Neptune movie or something, it maybe even does a little, he probably does more money and just, just called cut Neptune out all starring yeah. Brad Pitt. Yeah. And it's yeah, like totally. Brad Pitt goes to Neptune. Sure. That's, that's I'm in the movie. Yeah. But because of the title and because of the trailers and just kind of the way that it was advertised and stuff, I really expected it to be much heavier on the existential side of things. And so I was kind honestly, I was surprised when, uh, like when he gets to the moon and it's, it's very tongue in cheek of like, there's a subway on the moon and, and uh, his little speech about how we've we've commercialized the moon, and then the I love that. chase sequence yeah. with the with the the buggies and the the guns and stuff. I didn't expect that kind of thing at all. Uh, that really took me by, and I loved it. I thought it was really because it was beautiful and so incredibly well shot, and the aesthetics of it was unbelievable. And then you're just kind of having um, like an actual chase sequence in the middle of the things like that. I, I didn't expect, and I thought they were great. And I, I just, I almost wish, I don't know, almost, I do. I wish they would have doubled down more, not to make this like, you know, Brad Pitt in a Hobbs and Shaw sort of spinoff, but like a little bit more of just a high minded action movie instead of getting in so deep into the, uh, the like emotional stuff. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I got you. Yeah, I um I didn't expect that at all, you know, to be honest. Um the the first scene 
the first kind of, I mean, it starts off with some narration and stuff, but you, and you think Brad Pitt's like in this spaceship, he's in the spacesuit, and then he goes outside and you see a guy like falling, you know? It's yeah. like, wait. And then you find out, I mean, the, the reveal is that they're actually on the outer layer of the earth and not in space, you know? Mm-hmm. But you're so far up that it looks like, it feels like you're in space. And there's a tower that's just that high. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. like going all the way that high and he's doing maintenance on it or working on it or, you know, doing experiments on it. Uh, Or, you know, uh, I guess it's their space station kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was a really interesting sequence where he's parachuting down. And that whole thing was like, what is going on? (laughs) You know? And then, uh, like you said, he flies to the moon on a commercial Virgin Galactic thing. (laughs) And that was really cool. The stewardess and everything. And, you know, them getting there, then him getting out the airport. And like I said, there's like an Applebee's there and there's a subway, uh, like restaurant and an actual subway that he gets on and like rides (laughs) through the tram and everything. Hudson news. (laughs) Yeah, man, it was really cool, man. I was like, you could totally see that in a hundred years being, being a thing. And, um, it it just felt like so accurate. It felt like, way more accurate it was a very you know it was obviously yes. an homage to 2001 mm-hmm. when they're on that commercial space flight thing and yes the girls like walking through and serving the mm-hmm. serving the drinks and all that but this is way more accurate to what i feel like it's actually going to be uh than yeah and that was um hopefully we're right but yeah right. it's a uh, you know the, there's there's hotel companies like hilton already has a plot of land on the moon, like no joke. <laughs> like there, people are investing in property because of the possibility of it. But um, I thought that was really cool. Um, and then the tower fall thing happened. I'm like, okay, that's it was well done. But it's like the logic leap is so high. I'm still kind of in though. And then they start explaining that Neptune is striking lightning at us, and I'm mm-hmm. like, how far away is Neptune again? Like it's not. <laughs> yeah. Not in striking distance, I didn't think, you know. And then <laughs> there's like saying, "Oh, your dad's still alive," and like, how could he still be alive on Neptune? With you know, the, so many questions are going through my head. Yeah. And um, they, you know, get to the moon and he gets on the the buggy, and then they're like, "Oh no, moon pirates!" I'm like, "What is going on, <laughs> yeah. moon pirates?" <laughs> yeah. And then, so then. I'm having fun, but I'm also like, where is this going? I still don't know where the moon pirates were going. They didn't mention it again. It wasn't a thing. It was just like, hey, what if they get chased on the moon by like another dune buggy and they crash and uh, and all that? I thought that was a, a really well done sequence, but it made no sense with the, the plot other than to show you like, right, it's, pirate it, crime exists on the moon still, see, kind of like yeah. Somali pirates, I guess, was right. the thing they were commenting on, but. I loved all that stuff because I think it's uh, it's really good world building, and and this is not a movie that you're gonna that we typically would say, oh, that's great world building because it's not a vast universe with you know, it's not like uh, Star Wars or or uh, even like the the like Guardians of the Galaxy or something. You're not creating like a huge vast universe of characters and settings and places like that. It's just it's based in reality and all that. So, but. I don't know. Somebody like I again. We, we both, you and I, we we love science fiction. I I read a ton of uh, dime store paperback 
science fiction when I was a kid and and an early teenager and stuff. And this kind of thing, I think, would fit right in with the uh, like the Isaac Asimov type stuff. Mm-hmm. That's just it's the same with like Interstellar did this, Looper did this. You know, when you have uh, it's it's in the future, but instead of just getting I don't know going like the Back to the Future route where everything is just so different or um, or, and really commenting on that, it just kind of, I think you're right. Like it seems a little more realistic cause it's always, it's just an upgraded version of what we have now. And I love that. And so that, that whole sequence of him leaving and going to the moon and the, the little comment about how like, yeah, there's a bunch of miners that have turned into like, it's basically turned into gang warfare on the moon. And that ties in really well with the idea that we, you know, we're commercializing the moon and how much his dad would hate that. And, and all this for stuff. it's just like, this is just the like war is inevitable. No yeah. Matter where it's, we go. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And, and commercialization is inevitable. And, and the, at least on the path that we're on currently and can't stop all Applebee's these things, man. They're not, <laughs> they're right. not yeah. down, yeah. going down for anybody. Look, they're freaking right. taking advantage of every <laughs> that's right. customer. That's right. Uh, and so I love that. I think it was, man. everything was really cool to just have the, there's no, it's almost no commentary on it. And I liked that. I thought it was smart to just like plop us down in the future. It's not too, they never say it's, you know, 2055, but it says it, like sometime in the yeah, future. Sometime in the near future yeah. or something like that. So you get, you get a sense that we're, I don't know, 50 years from now or something in that, or, or maybe it's a hundred. It doesn't matter. It, it just kind of plops us down into it and shows us, this is a world in which all these things happen because this is, that's reality. These things happen in reality. Subways exist in reality. And, and whenever there's money and land involved, it is going to result in some kind of battle and warfare and stuff. And I, I thought that was really cool. And, and to not spend a lot of time trying to explain that. And the same with, you mentioned the science of all this stuff, you know, this happening being like, I don't know. There's a bunch of times in my brain where I was like, I'm not sure that's how science works, but I also didn't care all that much. And I, and I didn't, I think that is due to the the movie and, and director. She's great. Just not, not, um, not staying on that, not focusing on like a lot of times you get stuck in trying to explain the science to make sure that it's, you know, it's sound, that it's foolproof. And all that does is draw attention to any inaccuracies that you have. Does that make sense? Where you just, you end up ultimately spending time being like, well, that doesn't work because you tried to explain. And it's, I think it's better just to be like, Hey, here's the world. This happened. Okay. Moving on. And I, I don't know. I think that was a smart yeah, there's way to, two ways to, to look at it though. There's a, there's, there's two ways to look at it in the sense that are they trying to be factually realistic with yes, this or like right, saying, this right. is what it's going to be guys. Sure. Or are they just like, this is Blade it's Runner and mm-hmm. it's ridiculous and that, you know, cause, yeah. cause I mean, I, I believe they were really trying to be like factually accurate with the moon. They probably, you know, did tons of research with actual plans that are being made for the moon all that stuff. And at the same time, you've got Brad Pitt flying through the ring of Neptune with a shield, you know, like, Mm -hmm. are you freaking kidding me? And so that stuff, I'm just like, I don't know. Like that was eye rolly for me. Uh, There were some, there were some moments with, with the logic leaps, like this movie would give Neil deGrasse Tyson an aneurysm, (laughs) like absolute aneurysm. So I loved it. 
Hey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's yes. my review. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, especially the end where yeah, where Brad Pitt launches himself. Uh-huh. Uh, I think they even say in the movie. Six point seven billion miles. Right. Like yeah. really billion? Like yeah. how many years would it take <laughs> off your life for that? Right. Uh right. And it's like, nope, he just shot himself on a on a shockwave to Earth. Yeah. And landed and it was all good. Um yeah. so that kind of stuff, like, I don't know where they were trying to go with it. Are they trying to be factually correct or are they not? Because right. like that's ultimately why I'm probably not going to be higher in this movie is they couldn't decide whether it wanted to be fun sci-fi or serious sci-fi. And, no, I totally agree with that. And the blend is the problem. That's I the say problem. that a lot, but that's, the, but that's usually what happens. It's when you're trying to do a, when you're trying to do a dramatic comedy, usually your problem is not going to be your comedy or your drama. It's going to be trying to fit those two together. And I think that's, I think you're right. I think that's the problem with this is it, 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 I'm less, less uh, concerned about, whether or not it's you know accurate science fiction or just fun science fiction as much, but in the same vein, the um, Brad Pitt in space kind of action sci-fi—I don't want to call it a romp, <laughs> but you know that the 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 fun kind of uh, adult action movie in space with Brad Pitt mixed with uh, Brad Pitt having existential dreams and, and thoughts and voiceovers and going through this quiet. midlife crisis. Terrence, yeah. So Terrence speak. Malick yeah. kind of midlife. Crisis. That's the, the, the blend of those two things I don't think works all the, it's ambitious, but you know, and I give you credit for being ambitious, but that stuff doesn't always, doesn't always fly. And you get to a place where I, I've said this already, but you just get to a place where like, okay, man, come on, let's get back to, I don't know fighting with dune buggies on the moon or something let's let's do something fun here but yeah i i I totally get what you're saying i it's it's the blend of those two things i never most of the time when i don't think they landed it perfectly by any means but most of the time when it got into those things internally when they're when it's like a uh i don't know about the science on this i i was able to pretty easily brush it off because the movie just kept moving on and i think that's a smart way to do it if you're if you're not going to take the time to to settle down and to kind of settle in and, and explain how uh <laughs> the how whatever technology in space works then do it like this where you just kind of assume that uh or, or treat it almost like we know obviously this is how it works and just move on i think that's a smart way to do it yeah, I agree. Let's talk a little bit more about the end, though. Um, Brad Pitt hitchhikes his way, you know, I guess sneaks his way onto a ship somehow, and it's, it's just odd. like a lot of weird... <laughs> I'm not even going to ask. I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to go to waste time on it. But So he gets to Neptune, and his dad's there. Um, I found the whole dad arc just really predictable. The fact that he was left up there, the mutiny, the crew, all that... Um, the yes. fact that that Brad Pitt was gonna like leave him there, or that he was gonna die, and that he was gonna have to get over that part of his life, I found that to be really, really predictable. Um, and like I said, this movie could have worked without that entire plot line. I think you could cut could have cut Tommy Lee Jones out of this thing, to be honest, mm. and done a cut where it's just Brad Pitt goes to space, and oh, his wife divorced him as well. <laughs> and that's sure. like the one thing that he has to, to like 
wants him, makes him want to go home and makes him want to get his life together, whatever, you know? But yeah, I, I just, yeah, that's where the movie lost me, to be honest, is just like they're fighting in space and the whole, like they're literally saying, he's like, let it go, let it go. Right. Like, it's very yeah. heavy handed. I'm just like, okay, okay, we get, we get it. It's all right. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think, um, I mean, you know, and our listeners will know from from the nine thousand episodes of the show. Like I'm a big, I'm a big sucker for uh, parent child relationship stuff in movies and like mentor mentee and things like that. That really is an easy way to get me. And so I think that the the whole bit with him and his dad, I think it makes sense. I get. I guess what I'm trying to say is I get why it's in the movie. I don't think it's an unnecessary plot point, but I don't think it's it's. I think it's by far the weakest of the writing and and the way that it's it's plotted out. Because you're right, it's it's very predictable. You you kind of know exactly what's gonna how it's gonna play out um, once you get a little more information on on the the dad on the Tommy Lee Jones character, and it's not nearly as affecting as I think it intends to be. Yeah. And it's not totally, I, I mean, I didn't think at least for me, it's not totally flat. It's not like I was just like, oh, okay, rolling my eyes the whole time um, at this, this, uh, their relationship and the dynamic, the dynamic between them and, and all that. But it isn't, um, it's not nearly as live as, as fleshed out and lively as I think it, it, it aspires to be. And it, it just, it does start to feel like filler. You're like, okay, let's, yeah. Let's move along. And it for me, at least, I don't know if you're in the same boat, it didn't help that it, it came right on the heels of, I think the whole sneaking onto the ship was the most stretching of belief for me, <laughs> stretching of reality. That was yeah, a strange... Like the lake on the moon or whatever it was. Yeah. Like on Mars? It was Mars. Yeah, Sorry. It, on Mars. But yeah, like basically creeping up the... Uh, I don't know the the blast zone was an a very odd, and then he's just like, "Well, I'm here, gonna murder these three people." You know, it's like a strange. Gotta get Neptune. I mean, people. I understand Sorry. that he's I gotta, like, "I'm, I'm not I've got a I'm midlife not, crisis, right?" Yeah, I'm not. I'm not You'll trying see to murder anybody, later, trust but me. Yeah. you definitely murdered all three of them. So, <laughs> um, and then to get, and, and so at that point, I'm like, "Okay, that's fine. Let's keep moving." And then that next ten minutes is, to me at least, again, is the worst. 10 minutes of the movie by a mile when he's just stuck in space for 80 days or something. And is like having hallucinations and breaking down and all that. I was super out on that, that section of, of the movie. Cause it, it felt it's heavy handed. It's also unnecessary because we've already established this is what is going to happen. I don't know. It, it just didn't feel, it Could didn't feel 20 super. Minutes off, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It didn't, didn't feel super imperative to the movie and it is, way too much Brad Pitt voiceover. And mm-hmm. I just, I was kind of beaten by that. So by the time he actually, I think if that section gets cut, if you do something a little different with him getting onto the ship in the first place and then kind of cut that section of him losing his mind in space or whatever, I, I would hazard to guess that the the section with Tommy Lee Jones plays a little better but for me, by that point, I was just kind of, I had my, the momentum had died out for me and I was back on the kind of the downside of the roller coaster instead of, uh, instead of the, or I guess, however that metaphor would work. I don't know. I was kind of done by that point. And then you get into the time and it just doesn't land the way that, that I think it was intended to land. 
Do you think that photo they kept showing of Tommy Lee Jones was just from the set of Space Cowboys? Like, like catering <laughs> yeah. And just like, uh-huh. yeah, totally. <laughs> that's what I kept thinking. I'm like, that's just from the Space Cowboys and like, Space like promo Cowboys. shot that they got and like cropped. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Space Cowboys. And uh, another thing about Liv Tyler being in the movie, you know, Armageddon flashbacks, but mm-hmm. with Armageddon in mind, I'm tired of the the arc or the the trope of oh you saved the world guess i love you now mm-hmm. you know yeah. <laughs> like yeah. if brad pitt immediately gets home and she's like right there like <laughs> saw what you did yeah i love you again you know yeah, i hate let's that get a, let's get a six month update on that six months down the yeah line, exactly the, yeah oh you did save the world still a tool so nothing really has uh nothing's really changed on that front i guess mm-hmm. but uh yeah no I'm, I'm with you that's it's kind of a, i mean it was a nice tidy bow on the movie and that's yeah. fine i i didn't i didn't have a big problem with it but i'm i'm with you in in the, the sense of um that's been pretty played out i don't i don't feel Unless like this it's movie should have He's, had a big tidy bow though i mean this 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 is the kind of movie that should have ended on some kind of question mark or like what really happened or, you know, kind of thing. I feel like shooting him early within two and a half minutes, he shot 6.7 billion miles and he's like <laughs> walking up his driveway with his wife or whatever. It's like, are you mm. serious? That's really what, how this thing, uh, yeah, I think this would have been, I don't know the movie. Remember life? Remember that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I always think about that movie when, when, um, when I'm thinking of movies like this, because it went all in on, oh, we're just doing fun, dumb yeah. sci-fi. Mm-hmm. But the ending of that gave me chills, honestly. Like when they, you know, when they yeah, crash land to Earth mm-hmm. and they don't know that the life form's in there and they think they're like welcoming the astronauts back to Earth and they're like, don't open it. Don't, you know, that whole, like, yeah. I was like, oh my God. Like it was the, I forgot the best that. ending I've seen. Ending. Like, yeah. In a while for one of these movies, you know, like where there's some there's some stakes, there's some consequences, um, but it ends just like you would think a normal sci-fi movie like this would end, which is like how this one ended, where it's the splashdown and everybody comes over, congratulations, right. we missed you, you're here, <laughs> you know, and it's, don't open it. I love that. Um, but yeah, I just wish this would have had more of a, more of an open-ended ending or more of a question mark at the end or something like that. Uh, sure. You know, the movie Contact kind of has that at the end. Yeah. Where it's like, did she really go talk to her dad or was it a hallucination? It was all like, you know, I love that. I love those kinds of endings for these types of movies. And I, so that being said, before we hit grades, I would have preferred a, a non-tidy bow for this one. Believe it or not, even, even though this bow, this bow was nice and tidy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I... I think I'm fine either way. I mean, I, ex- I, I, I'll say I expected it to not be a tidy bow at the end. And I, that last 20 minutes, I kept waiting for the twist. Like when his dad rocket ships out into the void of space, um, he, there's this, there's a scene where he's going back to where Brad Pitt is going back to, uh, the Lima or whatever it's called. And, and, uh, I thought for a second, Oh, is he, did that change his mind? Is he now going to go and like carry on his dad's wishes or, or what's, what's going to happen here? Or there's a couple other times where I was like, is it going to be this? Is it going to be, I knew he wasn't just going to like blow up in the ship at the end there, you know, when he's, when he's trying to escape. But there were several moments before that point where I thought, okay, here comes the, 
the kind of weird, ambiguous twist ending or or something. Um, but the tidy bow worked for me. That was fine. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mind that. It's a different movie than I thought it was going to be for sure. And I'm okay with it. I, I just, um, I think the tidy bow fits what this movie turned out to be, um, significantly more so than the movie that I thought I was going to go see, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that being said, let's wrap this thing in a tidy bow and hit <laughs> grades, man. Uh, add Astra. This was one that I had circled for the movie draft as a, you know, I almost took this one, to be honest. I almost did because I'm like, oh, it's Brad Pitt. It's sci-fi. Big, you know, it could be, if it's good, it could be big. Um, But I honestly took Downton Abbey instead, so I'm glad I did that. But, um, you know, this was one that I was looking forward to. I had high ups for it. you know, it was supposed to be released in May, I think, at first, and yeah. got pushed to September. But um, where am I going? I'm going to go B. I'm, I'm between a B and a B plus, and mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a B minus plus. If that makes sense. <laughs> um, so you create I, whatever. Grade I'm about you an eighty-six point five on a on okay. a scale for one hundred <laughs> on it. So that's what I'll like go that. with. Okay. What about you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also stuck. I'm a little higher. I was kind of between an A minus and a B plus. Uh, I will, I'll bring it down a slight, a notch at a, at a B plus. I will say though, you mentioned Annihilation. You and I have differing views on Annihilation. I watched that movie and then I never thought about it again to the point that like when you said Annihilation, I was like, what is he talking about? I just mentioned that because that was one that after its theatrical run, I just saw a huge like fan base online for it. Or, yeah, no, no, no. Like I, it became like this kind of cult thing right yeah, afterward. And, and I'm not, I'm not, it's, we had a ton of people email or tweet at us or whatever and said, said, I've been, you know, like at the end of the year, it was, it was on a lot of people's top 10 list because it was like, I've been thinking about it all year. And I just had the exact opposite reaction where I literally, I walked out and I, we did this episode, that episode, and then I didn't even think about the movie again ever. And, um, this, to me feels like one that could be the opposite. Like I could be, I could, I could see myself kind of thinking about this movie more over the next, uh, next few weeks and months and, and potentially revisiting at some point down the line. Um, so it's possible that that comes up a little, cause it is really, we didn't talk enough, honestly, about the visuals. The visuals of this movie are incredible. It looked awesome. And, and I don't know that there was one scene visually that that was wasted it is a yeah it, is it a didn't beautiful look it didn't film. look like obviously cg in areas yes. where it's like yes. oh god this is mm-hmm. i mean the baboon was the most ridiculous thing and even that sure. looked, looked pretty good sure. considering yeah but but man i'm with you uh, i'm with you on this and and um you know considering the circumstances i think this is a win for for, for a lot of people and you know just to compare it to annihilation i like the ending of annihilation so yeah, much sure. more. Like, mm-hmm. I just thought that was like euphoric and like legendary, honestly, like how like it all came. I still think about that, just the music and everything, just like, it's honestly reminded me of 2001, you know, like the whole going down the wormhole oh, yeah. sequence yeah, it's of that. Definitely like going it's, for that. Mm-hmm. it's on that level. Um, but you know, that being said, a B plus minus is not a bad grade this time of year. <laughs> yeah, so totally. congrats at Astra. Well, if you want more from us, 
Like I said, we're doing VIP Harry Potter talk this week. We've got an AMA coming up in the VIP next week. If you've got questions for us that aren't movie-related, that are movie-related, um, that you want to hear on the show, join that VIP club and submit your question, and we'll get to those in a special episode at the end of the month. So that'll be fun times. But uh, until next time, Brian, where can I find you online? You can find me on the Twitter, bgil 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Kent, where can we find you? Find me online at Kent Garrison on all the social medias. And follow us on Mad About Movies on Twitter, madaboutmoviespodcast.com for all of our episodes. And uh, stay tuned next week on the main feed for another free episode of Mad About Movies. But until then, see you at the cinema. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya-ya Silence and They're calling again.